This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Here we go. It is another edition of the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. It's a happy Monday edition, to say the least. I'm Sean Kelly. Welcome into Studio B here on Airline Drive at the headquarters for the Saints and the Pelicans. And we are talking about a Saints win today. We're talking about a Pelicans win today as well, albeit preseason, but pretty darn good weekend. LSU won, Tulane won. It was a great weekend uh, sports-wise in New Orleans. We've got a good podcast lined up for you on this Monday. Of course, we're going to rehash a little bit of yesterday's thrilling overtime win over the Dallas Cowboys for the Saints. 26-20 was the final score. In overtime, the game winner, Drew Brees, 80 yards to C.J. Spiller. Touchdown pass number 400 for Drew Brees. He joins that exclusive club last night. He also joined an exclusive club by uh, recording his 5,000th career completion as well in a win. Uh, he was spectacular last night. Two touchdown passes through well over 300 yards. Uh, just as accurate as all get out. There were really only a couple of throws where you kind of shook your head. You could It was hard to tell whether the, the route wasn't just right or he threw off balance or whatever. But I just thought Drew Brees looked dynamite last night. I thought some of the young guys on defense looked good last night. And yet there are still some things that need to be uh, tightened up and improved. But a win is a win is a win. And uh, we're very happy about that. John DeShazer to help me break it down for you today on the Black and Blue Report. And we'll also hear from Steve Weich today. He joins us, as he does most Mondays, to talk about the weekend in the NFL. Another wild one, to say the least. Um, no one's going to hear want to hear how good Atlanta is, but uh, they, they're proving it. And uh, they throttled Houston yesterday. Not even close. Um, there is probably already a coaching change in the NFL today as a result of what we've seen through the first quarter of the season and a whole bunch more. Uh, and then we're going to reflect back on the uh, Pelicans' Uh, win over Indiana and how the uh, training camp went at the Greenbrier in West Virginia last week. Real quick, though, about the Saints. Look, it's we've we've talked about this with Domino's now throughout the first month of the season, but you know the pizza is going to taste even better after a win. Uh, simply put, when the Saints score, you score at Domino's. And uh, all day today, 50% off all large pizzas at menu price today only. All you have to do is enter the promo code Saints at Domino's.com. That valid is offer. Uh, that valid. Uh, the offer is value, valid online only. It's about the only way I order pizza now, um, and it's select Domino's locations. So thanks again to Domino's. Thanks again to the Saints for scoring and winning to get us fifty uh, percent off those Domino's pizza pies today. Great offer brought to you by our good friends as always at Domino's. John DeShazer in a moment, then Steve Weich, then we'll talk some Pelicans. And unfortunately, there's some injury news on the New Orleans Pelicans front this morning. I'll share that with you in just a bit. Millions of fans have made this show their rock holiday tradition. Trans-Siberian Orchestra, the live debut of the Ghost of Christmas Eve, the best of TSO, presented by Hallmark Channel. December 10th at Smoothie King Center in New Orleans. All-new show, all-new visual spectacular, all your favorites. The power of rock with the majesty of classical, a multi-sensory experience that is truly a must-see. This is Trans-Siberian Orchestra, live. 
Buy your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. Don't miss Trans-Siberian Orchestra's Ghost of Christmas Eve. Order the new album, Letters from the Labyrinth. Available at Amazon.com. Another Beaver production. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. Still to come on the Black and Blue Report this Monday, Steve Weich from the NFL Network. We'll look back on the entire NFL weekend, but certainly we're focusing in today on what was a thrilling overtime win for the New Orleans Saints last night. My partner is ready to go. He joins us via the telephone this morning after the Saints defeated the Cowboys 26-20 in overtime. Surely he's had maybe one or two hours of sleep but here, my friends, is John DeShazer. Hello, my friend. You know, it, it was not a whole lot more than one or two because I had to write last night. So, uh, it, it, And then I'm an early riser. So, yeah, it was. You know, But then again, it was the kind of game that you wanted to reflect on. I, I wanted to see some highlights. I wanted to see me and you on the sidelines as C.J. scored his game-winning touchdowns, which I did get a brief glimpse of us. We were kind of. You know, pastors by. Yeah, we were in the video. <laughs> we, we are normally not in that position at the end of a game, but because it first of all went to overtime, and then because the game-winning play came down that near sideline, uh, yes, we had a we had a front row seat to a, a pretty exciting finish to what I think we described last night after the game, uh, a heck of a roller coaster ride, JD. Yeah, I think we were the closest guys to had a chance to make a tackle on CJ, but you know, it went back and forth and. And the uh, Saints thought they had won it at the end of regulation. Unfortunately, Zach Hocker misses the field goal, you know, chip shot, 30-yarder, right, with 12 seconds left in, in regulation, and they have to go to overtime. And, and um, to their credit, didn't get down on themselves and didn't, you know, didn't wallow in it, and they actually got picked up and scored on the second play of overtime. And they saw a, a quirk in the Dallas defense, and they felt like they had been, you know, would be able to take advantage of it. And, and sure enough, they got C.J. Spiller one-on-one on the, on the edge, and, that's what they've been talking about with him. They want to get him one-on-one on the edge and allow him to use that ability. He beats one tackle, and then he's, he's to the house. Nobody's going to catch him from behind, and that's exactly what they were hoping they were getting in free agency. He's going to evolve into a, quite a weapon for this team. We kind of knew that during training camp, didn't we? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we thought he might, he might work his way in as a, as a kick returner, too, and, and credit rookie running back Marcus Murphy. He has assumed the mantle of the kick and punt returner and that's been a really good operation so far for Marcus Murphy. So C.J. Spiller, you know, had that, you know, I think arthroscopic knee surgery during training camp, and he worked his way back in a little bit slowly. But you see that talent um, when he's got the ball in his hands, and he's got some open space in front of him. You know, he's going to be a difficult guy to deal with for defenders. And if you can get him on the field, then he'll hopefully be able to open up some things because I think defenses. We'll have to shade to him. You're going to have to pay him extra attention. You won't be able to put a linebacker on C.J. Spiller in pass coverage and hope that that guy is going to, going to be able to cover C.J. Spiller. So I think he can, he can certainly benefit the Saints offense in terms of maybe slanting defenses toward him and opening up some things on the other side. Whether it be, John, the good things about last night's win or even the rough spots, 
Um, has your opinion changed here on a Monday morning? Because that that does happen. No, I mean I'm I'm pretty much um, I, I almost feel the same way I did last week after the Carolina loss. To be honest with you, I mean I thought you saw some things that were encouraging against Carolina, and they just couldn't find a way to finish it out. And they, you know, they they there were some encouraging things against uh, Dallas last night, and and they finally were able to finish it out. Didn't finish it out, you know, wasn't nearly as clean as they like would would have liked for it to be. Uh, and the and the penalties in the secondary, you know, I don't care if you win 35 to nothing. You know, those have to be cleaned up. That's got to be addressed because, you know, it's just going to be more and more difficult if the Saints can't clean up that portion of, the, of their defense. They're, they're, they have some guys who can cover. Unfortunately, the illegal hands to the face and defensive holdings are really, really hurting this team right now. And if you, could, if you can eliminate you know, you might not be able to eliminate them in totality, but if you can slice them in half, that's certainly going to be a big benefit to what they want to do so. Those things remain uh, concerned, and also, you know, the the extra point field goal PAT team—they've uh, got some issues to work out there. You can't have those issues in that part of the game. You always always take that thing for granted and say, okay, it's pretty much automatic. And unfortunately, it hadn't been automatic for the Saints. So those are two areas that really have to be addressed. And and we can't you know forget the running game because they've had a couple of games where they've been able to run it decent in a half but they've not been able to do it for four quarters. And if you want to be a good team, you've got to be able to impose your will in that portion of the game. they got some guys they believe they can run the football, but they haven't been able to run it effectively for longer stretches. So those three areas are, are certainly things that jump out to me. Yeah, very good points, all of them. Um, I love the fact that in the second half last night, I think there was 19 carries uh, on the Saints side of things offensively. Um, it seemed like the defense got a little more pressure as the game went on too. Did we see a progression in the game that would say that you're heading in the right direction as far as fixing some of those things? Take away the kicking thing, because that's going to be a random deal. But Well, I, I think with the secondary, you'll get better, because one, you've got some young guys back there, like a Delvin Bro, who's making some mistakes. And certainly, you know, you see some mistakes being made by Brandon Brown, the, the veteran. You'd like to see those cleaned up. But what encourages you, you know, is you get a Keenan Lewis back. Jarrett Bird gets on the field for the first time. So you hope that those guys will be able to come in and help you and do the things that you brought them in to do. So, you know, you get those guys back, that gives you depth in your secondary. Uh, Damian Swan's already playing pretty well. Uh, again, we've mentioned Delvin Bro, he's improving. So you hope that that depth can help you out, especially if you're a team that, you know, likes to apply pressure and you're going to be playing a lot of nickel and dime. Got to get a little bit more pressure on the quarterback. I was extremely encouraged with the rookies. Um, How Kataha with a sack, uh, Tyler Davidson with a sack, and, um, and, and so, you know, you're getting some, some good play and some good snaps out of your rookies. Uh, and, and Stephon Anthony, the linebacker, also ends up getting a sack. So you, you're encouraged by that. And, you know, I, you know, people might say, well, okay, you, you like to have your veteran guys do it. I don't care who does it. You just want to get the quarterback on the ground. And you don't care how you get them on the ground. You just want to get them on the ground. So that's encouraging that those young guys seem to be adapting to NFL life. Should there be any legitimate concern regarding the Saints offensive line, John? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, they seem to shore it up and, and clean it up some more in the second half. Uh, but the first half, you know, Frank, look, no, this is no secret, and anybody will, will tell you, Drew Brees can't get beat around like that. You, you can't have him getting beat up that way. That's, that's what contributed to the, uh, the bruised shoulder, rotator cuff in the beginning. And now all of a sudden, you know, the next game he plays, he's just getting battered around in that first half. I think he was sacked three times maybe, but – you know, those those things cannot happen. 
you know, Dallas was able to get to him, and it didn't seem like, the, you know, they were doing anything extremely exotic. Uh, but the Saints are going to have to have some better protection. I know those offensive linemen are probably sick to their stomach watching the quarterback get hit. But being sick to your stomach doesn't hurt, doesn't help Drew Brees, does it? You know, he's still got to go to the cold tub and the hot tub to kind of work on those wounds. He's got to be protected better. He's too valuable a commodity to be batted around. And I don't care what quarterback you are. I don't care who you are. If you continue consistently to get hit as much and as hard as Drew Brees did last night, you can't last. I don't care what kind of preventive maintenance Drew Brees does. I don't care what he does in the weight room. It's going to take a toll on him because nobody is meant to take that kind of pounding. And that's one of the things that the Saints have been able to traditionally do since Drew Brees joined the team was protect him. They've got to protect him better. And speaking of Drew Brees, let's end on this. How much fun was it to watch him operate uh, at a pace that uh, that I don't think anyone could have expected coming off the shoulder injury? You know, sometimes you know you you listen to all the, the you, you sometimes some of the white noise will slip through, and so you hear people saying, you know, well maybe it's time for the Saints to part ways with Drew Brees and see what they can get. Well, the fact of the matter is, you know, when you've got a quarterback that you can't name, you know, four or five other guys that you take ahead of, you know, finding an elite quarterback in the NFL is hard work. If it was that easy, everybody would have one. And so Drew Brees, I think, a lot of times can be taken for granted. You know, the guys, you know, he's only got 400 touchdowns and 5,000 completions and 40,000 yards, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, people start to take for granted the kind of production that he puts together. And then you get one of these vintage Drew Brees nights. And I think what happens is, you know, four or five years ago, Drew Brees would have one of these kinds of games every third or fourth game. And so people got accustomed to it. And now that he's not doing it every two or three games, people are like, oh, something's wrong with him. Well, things change a little bit. You know, the cast changes. You know, and so you're not maybe able to do all those things because you don't have the same caliber receivers or you don't have the same, you know, uh, same knowledge with those receivers and backs. But we see, we see from last night, Drew Brees is still an elite quarterback. Now, C.J. Spiller certainly helps him out on that 80-yarder, and Dallas takes away a lot of the long stuff. But Drew, Drew Brees delivered a good portion of that game. And, I mean, you know, those are the things we're accustomed to seeing him do, and it's good to see him do it, you know, coming back off injury. Without a doubt, the bottom line, though, here on this Monday, J.D., is that the Saints have finally won their first game of the season, and uh, no doubt we'll have an interesting week ahead of us as well. Yeah, um, they needed it, and uh, certainly that will give them the high to go into Philadelphia. And, you know, they won the first-ever franchise uh, road playoff game in Philly a couple of years ago. So, uh, you know, this is the kind of thing that kind of might jack them up and hopefully get them on a run going in the other direction. We've seen them lose some close ones. To win a close one at home hopefully will be the boost they need to kind of get them over the hump the rest of the season. Good stuff. Enjoy the rest of your Monday, my friend. I know that you'll uh, be listening into the uh, post-mortem uh, conference calls later today, and then uh, back to it on Wednesday. Thank you. Yes, sir. Anytime. Senior writer for NewOrleansSaints.com, John DeShazer, here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll look at the NFL in its entirety, or at least the highs and lows of another weekend with Steve White right after this. The Pelicans Pick 6 plan presented by Domino's is the opportunity to pick the games right for you. Ticket packages are the only way to score access to the biggest games, including a matchup against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Plus, each plan comes with a free Domino's pizza. Six game packages start as low as $54. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to score your pick six plan today. Ever been surprised by a bill? 
A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit in a blender. Because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to firm up for summer or last longer in the gym, make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. If you're looking to purify your diet, hurry in and try our new Nutty Super Grain Vegan Smoothie. Made with almond milk, Sun Warrior Protein, Super Grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. After a week on the road with basketball and then uh, the late-night overtime thriller last night, I'm a little blurry-eyed as I welcome in our good friend from the NFL Network, Steve Weich. Of course, he'll be on later this afternoon with the smartest breakdown of the NFL weekend. We'll take the second smartest by having him here on our little podcast. Steve, good morning. Good morning, man. What a game last night. I can understand why you're blurry-eyed, but I'm sure you're – you're still on a little bit of an adrenaline rush. Uh, a touch. I was in the right spot at the right time to see Spiller score that thing in overtime and watch him, Steve, change the mood of an entire city after the season started 0-3 for the Saints. Um, a roller coaster ride might be cliche, but it certainly fits when you're talking about that game. Well, especially the way you know it ended in regulation. You know, with the missed field goal gimme, I mean, I, I could just imagine the Superdome, everybody like, well, you know what, this – this is a snapshot of, of how the season's been and how it's going to go. Just, just not good enough. And then they get the ball in overtime. You know, Drew Brees, who just gutted out that game with the shoulder injury, hit Spiller. And then once you saw him in open field, you know, and I, I know CJ. I seen no one to catch him. I mean, I, I was in an airport watching this game. I was at the Niners-Packers game, and uh, I was in the airport trying to get home and watched it. The whole place was just like, oh my god. So a good win for the Saints. That, that's something that can really get things turned in a positive direction. And, and I think that was a lot of the conversation last night, Steve. And then you look at the fact that they go to Philadelphia, which is an absolute dumpster fire still. Um, and the Saints all of a sudden might get some momentum heading into back into division play. Yeah, I mean, that, that's why they, they've got to take advantage of it. Because the one thing, um, even though it's early, and I always like to say it's early, what's going on in Atlanta and Carolina right now is very much for real. And the Saints, they've got to start chipping back into play because you look at the schedules for Atlanta and Carolina um, and the way they're playing. I mean, I don't think they're going to win every game, but they're, they've got a shot to continue to to win until they get basically to the ninth or tenth week of the season. Um, and the Saints can't, you know, continue to maybe win one and lose one and win one and lose one and think they're they're going to have any shot. They've got to they've got to stack together some wins. Yep, and that can happen. We'll see how that plays out. Um, you know, the Saints at the moment might be the healthiest they've been. We'll see how that stays or doesn't stay uh, based on what we see injury-wise about midweek. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Atlanta, Steve, because I guess after week four, or as we're getting ready to conclude week four tonight, uh, two things seem very real to me. Atlanta is one, and the Denver defense is the other. Otherwise, I still have some question marks around the NFL. Yeah, I mean, look, this is this is where week four, you know, as coaches like to say, the first quarter of the season is where teams kind of figure everything out. And I, and I think more of, of 
we're seeing in the NFL is the first four games are kind of the preseason just because of the lack of the offseason play and coaches' decisions, especially this preseason, not to play starters much uh, during the first four preseason games. So Denver's defense is absolutely for real. It's the typical Wade Phillips spike. You know, where whenever he goes someplace that first year, there's an unbelievable spike in production. That defense already was good, but now it's insane. And like you mentioned, in Atlanta, I mean, there's still, you know, Julio Jones and Matt Ryan are stars. But they're just doing this. That, that unit, when you watch them, they're playing on a thread. I mean, everybody's playing well together. Um, so they're legitimate in the schedule. Uh, it just really is breaking their way early. They stay healthy, man. I mean, it's, it's you know, them in Carolina. I mean, how Carolina's doing it, I don't know. But Atlanta's offense right now just looks scary. Yeah, really scary. Um, are the Dolphins the first to make a move here? And there is trouble down in South Beach. Yeah, I, I think so, in large part because that, that owner, Stephen Ross, is very reactionary. He's, he's a rabbit-eared owner. Um, he is going to hear the cries from the media and from the public down there. I, you know, I think a lot of folks are surprised that Joe Philbin was back this year. You know, they signed him to a one-year extension, and I, and I think people were very surprised by that. But you could just see over in London, and we've seen a lot of bad games in London where teams just haven't really shown up. But they didn't look like they wanted to play. They, you know, they, they, the score, you know, shows that, hey, maybe Miami was in this. They run because Jarvis Landry and Ryan Tannehill can continue. You know, they, they, they played very hard. But for the most part, they just it, it was embarrassing. And it's happened over and over. This is a team that doesn't finish seasons well when they've had opportunities. And, and I think that, that Joe Philbin, um, even though people are saying, you know, and, and I'm one of them, who on the staff is going to, replace him, I think there's a feeling that anybody is better than continuing down this trend because you've got 12 more games, and if, if guys are playing like this now, what happens when you get to week eight when there's 14 people in the state? Wow, that's a good point. No doubt about that. So on the wrong end of things here at the quarter pole, obviously the Dolphins, you mentioned the Eagles too, um, but on the other side of the spectrum, uh, Atlanta is somewhat surprising, but not all that surprising. Uh, Packers and Patriots, as expected, um, but holy cow, the Cincinnati Bengals are 4-0, and and no one's talking about Andy Dalton and the Bengals right now. And that's a great point. And, and it's interesting because all offseason, you know, you, you heard people talking about, man, you know, the, the Ravens, they, they look good, blah, 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 the Steelers. And I kept on saying, does anyone realize that the most talented team maybe in, in the NFL is Cincinnati? On both sides of the ball, they're stacked. They're loaded. And... You know, Andy Dalton has played well, but what he's got going on now uh, has been fantastic. I think it's year three and Hugh Jackson, the offensive coordinator's uh, system. That you know, he's he's a run-heavy guy, but the mix that they're finding out with the two running backs, that Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard, and then Andy Dalton, where he's got you know AJ Green and Muhammad Sanu, you know, got weapons at tight end. Uh, it's working right now, and they made some changes to an already pretty good offensive line. They upgraded the talent a little bit. Uh, you know, they're playing well. I mean, they are a frightening team the way the offense is playing. and The defense is going to continue to get better. Um, you know, that it's a team, you know, people can continue to ignore them, but at some point they've got to step up. And, and, I, and I believe, I'm not sure, but I think this week, this Sunday, Seattle comes to town. So maybe that's the game that starts bringing the focus, uh, you know, to the who days 
uh, to let them to let folks see how good this team could really be. Outstanding point there. Um, give me your best of the weekend here, whether it be a player or a team, Steve. Wow. The best of the weekend, um, I, I guess I'm going to have to continue to say, uh, you know, the, the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, just they just came out and they mollywhopped the, uh, you know, the Texans. They went up 42 to nothing. You just don't see something like that in the NFL. Did you just use the word mollywop, by the way? I did. Okay. I did. They, 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 they grabbed the Texans by the hair and they, and they flung them around and they dropped them to the ground. And they forced another uh, quarterback change. You, you talked about dumpster fires, by the way. What's going on in Houston? You know, the, that, that's, that's a big one. That's a bad one going on down there. Well, it's interesting because when Kansas City beat them in week one, I thought, wow, look at Kansas City because I thought that Houston was better. Now, all of a sudden, Houston's a mess and Kansas City's one and three. So talk about taking a bad read on a week one game. That's my fault. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's why, that's why, you know, you can never judge week one because teams have five months to prepare for it. And then after that, they actually have to go week to week, and, and then that's when things really can, can unravel as they have in that scenario. Last question. We're at the quarter pull, as you mentioned. Four games, it's a significant moment in the season. What stays the course, and then what perhaps changes in the next quarter of a season, if you will? You know, I, I think, you know, we're going to see the Patriots and the Packers and, and some of these change, you know, are, are stay the course. I, should say. I think Denver's going to continue to get better because I think the offense is a work in progress. Um, you know, a couple teams, you know, I'm looking at that are going to get better. I think the Colts um, are going to kind of snap out of things. I think they're, I, I don't know if they're a Super Bowl team, but I think that's a team that will get better. The, the Cowboys, you know, now that they're getting some of these players back from suspension, and then once, you know, they get Romo back in a couple weeks, I think, you know, they'll regain some traction. Uh, but it's but it's interesting. I mean, there's there's, you know, you really don't know um, I think some of these teams that are surprisingly losing, like Detroit, I think that's going to continue. I think that's going to stay the course. This is the playoff team last year. You mentioned the Chiefs. I think that's another team that, that turns it around. They're a talented team. They've had a brutal start to the season schedule-wise, especially on the road. I think they get some traction. When push comes to solve, they're pushing for a playoff spot in the AFC. All right, the smartest wrap-up show of the week is uh, on this afternoon at the NFL Network. Steve Weich and the boys, can you give me a little preview of what you have in store for us today? Well, that's the aftermath, and, uh, you know, I was with one of my colleagues, Brian Baldinger, at the Packers 49ers game. We're going to discuss what is going on with Colin Kaepernick. That has been an unbelievable fall from grace, um, and we're going to also hit a couple points. The Texas, Houston Texans, what's happening there. We'll hit on some positive points, but I think, you know, right now we're seeing some red flags. You know, we hear a lot of talk about the kicking game, but I think quarterback play or lack thereof um, could really impact the teams and some coaching jobs by the end of the season. Good stuff. I know you're a busy man this morning. I really appreciate it as always. Always great to look back on the weekend with you, sir, and I wish you a great week, including perhaps some St. Louis Cardinals baseball playoff wins. There you go, Sean. There you go. <laughs> you know how to get that in there. Steve White from the NFL Network with us. Stay right there. We'll be right back. Life is busy. You need health care that can keep up. At Auctioner, we get that. So we've made our care more schedule-friendly, like offering same-day appointments. Need a primary care physician, a pediatrician, an OBGYN? We'll get you in to see someone today. Many of our specialists are available the same day, too. And with health centers all over Greater New Orleans, there's bound to be one near you. 
many are opened late and on weekends for your urgent care needs. And if it's something serious, Auctioner has you covered with nationally ranked care for your most complex conditions. Want additional convenience? Now you can make appointments with many of our physicians on our website. And once you become an Auctioner patient, you'll be able to do even more online, like email your doctors, see test results, and refill your prescriptions, all with a simple click. Make an appointment today at auctioner.org or call 866-AUCTIONER. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. This is Anthony Davis, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Let's talk some Pelicans here on this Monday. The preseason now is uh, officially underway. Big win on a Saturday night. Big preseason-wise because I really liked what I saw. Look, 67 first-half points, 103 shots taken overall. Um, this is going to be an exciting team to watch. And it was a, a reflection of how good the first week of training camp went at the Greenbrier in West Virginia um, against an Indiana team that's got some got some decent weapons and looks to be improved themselves. But the Pelicans won that preseason game and are back on the practice floor today here in Metairie uh, before heading off to Jacksonville to take on the Atlanta Hawks on Friday night. Um, Anthony Davis played just the first two quarters, and that was plenty. He had 18 points, 8 rebounds. His leadership is quite clear. Eric Gordon looks fantastic. Drew Holiday uh, was able to play 10 minutes. That was the rule, and so Alvin Gentry decided to – to play him the first 10 minutes of the game and he just he's picked up right where he left off and if let's let's hope this continues to be uh, a no problem situation for Drew Holiday because the starting five that would involve Drew right now looks pretty salty here for the Pelicans Um, you know there were some things in the second half that needed tightening up and a lot of that had to do with um, odd combinations training camp guys uh, a whole you know a myriad of stuff typical preseason stuff but would if you're going to evaluate the game uh, do so with the regulars and the key subs and I thought there was a lot to like about Saturday's uh, win at Indiana Davis uh, had a chance to stop and talk with us after the Pelicans beat the Pacers on Saturday night here's what uh, number 23 had to say Anthony Davis joins us courtside following preseason game number one he's been uh He's been idle since halftime, but what a first half, Anthony Davis. Not bad, not a bad start for your club. Yeah, um, we just try to come out there and play hard. You know, Coach said first game he wants to go out there and just play hard, uh, play selfless, and just try to use this as conditioning. Um, he knew that we wasn't going to be perfect. This first game was going to be a lot of sloppy um, plays, but you know, I think we did well. You know, um, got a lot of shots up. I think 104, 105 shots, you know, something like that. And um, But we got a lot of things to correct as well, but – um, I, I like I like where we are right now. Did you feel comfortable with the with the start of the game? Um, no, I did. I felt very comfortable. Um, just trying to, the whole thing with us is just going out there and playing basketball. You know, within the scheme of the offense, our offense is really for us to go out there and just play and, and just <laughs> and just read just read uh, the defense. But you know, I'm just go out, go out there and just excited and just go out there and just play and like like all of us should. And um, it kind of showed tonight. You know, 110 points um, is what we want to be around every game but um i think we gotta do a little bit better job defensively the, the execution i thought was pretty good especially in the first half uh what did you think of the flow and the ed- and, and the and the execution as you guys were out there in the, in the first half yeah it was good i mean uh 
you know, we've been practicing on training camp over our execution and the plays, and I think we did a good job and um, did a great job of recognizing our mismatches, just trying to get the ball going, you know, um, get everybody going. No one's going to be our first game back. The little guy's going to get tired and um, just try to get back in our rhythm. And um, But I think we did a great job executing that first half. And um, like I said, we're just going to watch them, and, and we got a lot to learn and a lot to build on. You mentioned fatigue. It's been a busy week, hasn't it? I'm sure you're ready for a little bit of a rest. Yeah, very busy week. Uh you know, God, like I said, God's a fatigue, you know, but that's why we got a team. That's why we got a bench. So, God did a great job coming in and stepping up, you know, making big plays for us, especially Luke Babbitt. Um, did a wonderful job tonight. But, um, you know, it's always going to try to use his preseason to you know, try to get in shape. And we know how we want to play up and down. And um, even though we were sloppy, we scored 110 points, you know. So, um, just imagine, you know, when we get it right. You know, for good. So um, we're gonna be gonna be fine, but just gotta make sure that you know we keep running, keep trying to use this preseason as conditioning for us. I like the way you're thinking, Anthony. As always, we really appreciate your time and your thoughts. Get some rest, my friend. We'll I'll see try. you on Monday. Yep. All, right. All right. As I mentioned, Davis and the Pelicans back on the floor today. They basically resumed training camp. You know, a lot of people say that the you know what last week was was training camp, and now we're into some different phase. No, look, training camp goes all throughout the month of October. It's just going to be back here at the facility, and you'll be weaving in and out of now six remaining preseason games starting again on Friday against the Hawks at Jacksonville and then another game on Monday at Chicago against the Bulls. So practice today, tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, then travel, play Friday night. We'll have it for you on the Pelicans Radio Network. Unfortunately, the one down note from uh, Saturday night's game at Indiana was an injury to Alexia Jinsa, who – Really had a good, good first week of training camp. I thought that he had taken another step, but uh, he's going to miss the next four to six weeks uh, with a right hamstring strain. Thankfully, the Pelicans are deep um, at that position, but Ajinsa is certainly going to fit well into this new Alvin Gentry system. We're just not going to have to wait until looks like probably mid-November at this point to have him back. That's a tricky thing, especially for a guy of his size, to have a hamstring issue, and so we wish him all the best. Have a great rest of your Monday, everybody. Daniel Salerson will host tomorrow. That's because it's our usual run-through fantasy football on a Tuesday. Jake Seeley from rotoexperts.com is scheduled to be with us. Um, I had a nice visit with Jeff Zilgit, one of the national correspondents covering the NBA for USA Today. We talked on Friday at uh, Pelicans training camp, and we'll share that visit with you tomorrow as well. We may have another surprise or two. We'll see how it goes. We'll see what Daniel's got up his sleeve. I want to thank him again for helping us out so much next or last week when uh, when I was out of town. So with that being said, um, the city's in a great mood and a good reason to be. That's for sure. We'll see you next time right here on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.